welcome to Toddler Purgatory, or welcome back. If you've been here before, come and knock on our door. <laughs> Three's Company, Oldie Locks Alert. I'm Molly, one of your hosts. Hey, hey, I'm Blair. Blair, we're talking about the fun and the stress <laughs> of summer. <sighs> deep breaths. Deep breaths, deep, deep breaths, breaths, deep breaths, deep breaths. Isn't that funny? Like, I don't remember when I was a kid or younger even, or when I was child-free, being stressed about summer. I was mostly just like, how often can I get to the beach and how soon? And how high of an SPF is offered? It's so funny, just like the stages in life that summer, like when you think about, like when you're a kid, it's it's summer. It's like summer, right? You're off. It's fun. And then you get like to like adulthood. And it's like nothing changes except for the weather. And and your like weekend plans, I guess. And your weekend plans, right. And then you become a parent and it's like, <sighs> yeah, still here. You don't have anywhere to go. I have to plan that. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember when I was a kid, no, you know, an older kid, this show is more for parents and caregivers of toddlers, zero to six ages. But when I was a little older, maybe nine or so, and my sister was 12, 13, so we could stay home by ourselves. It was also, you know, the 90s or whatever it was. The 90s, the good old 90s. The good old late 80s, early 90s when it was okay to leave your kids at home. <laughs> it was so different. But Or in the car. You remember when you just like wait in the car for your mom while she's at the grocery store? Oh, yeah. My mom would go in for a full 30 minutes. Totally. And we would have like two rocks and a Band-Aid and we'd be fine for 30 minutes. Absolutely. Put some Casey Kasem on. You're good to go. <laughs> American Top 40. 40. But I do remember this. My aunt would stay when I was a little younger. My aunt Hope would stay with us. And she was pretty good about activities because that's kind of what we're covering today is what about summer activities? What are they? Do I need them? What is happening? And I do remember like making a banner where... My Aunt Hope had us cut out a paper bag, like a paper grocery bag. We cut the bottoms out of a bunch of them and slid them up the sides and made a banner. And it said, Welcome Home, Mom and Dad. In really big letters. It was cute, like foot-high letters. And I think she drew the letters and then we traced them and then we decorated them and we hung it up. And it was literally like a Tuesday. Like, it wasn't Welcome Home because they had been on a trip of any (laughs) kind. They were just at work. During the summer. Because they were adults. Because there were adults who did things like that. (laughs) So, although my dad was home often because he was a school psychologist. So he was home sometimes, sometimes. But yeah, I remember these activities and thinking back on it. All I remember about that banner was hanging it up and being so proud of of it. That we had made this huge, you know, grocery bag banner and decorated it and all that. And I think we even made a plate with cheese and crackers. So when they came in, they saw the banner and had a plate. Oh, come on. I mean. Oh, there we go. I there mean. we go. <laughs> to this day, I love a cheese and cracker. Woof. Give me charcuterie all day. <laughs> oh, I, t- I just kicked my wall with my toe and it made such a loud noise because you said charcuterie and my whole body reacted positively. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, listen, when we were getting ready for this episode, we discovered that there is no shortage of summer activity lists out there, which is awesome. I mean, how wonderful. You know, the Internet is a blessing and a curse, as we've always said. But this is a blessing. I mean, there are books. Go to your local library, summer activity books for all different ages. Obviously, incredible online resources. So we encourage you to visit your library, to go online, and we'll talk about a couple of great Online resources at the end of the show for summertime activities. Yes, there are 
tons and tons of lists, blog spots <laughs> with all the lists and stuff. But we have, Molly and I, have our own little hot tips and takes. Hot tips. Hot tips. Gotta get them hot tips. Just for you. Just straight from me and Molly shooting from the hip. <laughs> the things that we find that are like necessary that we've been through in our journey through these five years of toddlerhood. Well, that's the thing. I think you're right. Like by now, your oldest and my only are five and a half. So like I have done some things right in the summers and I have done some things wrong. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, and so these are just a few things that we have gleaned from those summers, those long summers with our children. Those long summer hot, hot days. (laughs) And one of our biggest hot tips is, and this is hard for me, Blair, I don't know if it's hard for you, Mm. to take the pressure of yourself to feel like you need to fill every hour of every day that they're home with educational opportunities. Right. Or keeping them busy with activities that you stayed up till midnight the night before prepping. Bless you. I don't. This is where my husband comes in and he's like the planner of all the things. And I just like hop on board, make sure everybody's got a snack and some water. But during the pandemic, like in the early aughts of it, you remember when everyone was like coming up, like Instagram was filled with like things to do with the kids indoors. Right. And I put so much pressure on myself to like do all of the things because it happened like at this time. Right at this time. And they were closing the parks and everything. So it was like, I felt that pressure to like do all of the indoor, making slime and the cookies and the jello and the, ugh. So I've stopped taking the pressure off myself. Oh, putting the pressure on yourself? Yeah. Well, you have a good point, Blair. Two years ago, (laughs) there was a undercurrent of course, stress and panic to everything anyway. But you're right. I forgot until you just said it that they closed the playgrounds. Yeah. 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 O-M. Yeah. That's like a memory you put far, far in the yes cradles of your brain. Ooh. So here we are trying to keep our families <laughs> alive and also <laughs> entertained and also educated. Edutained. Educational entertainment. Mm, edutained. That's a good one. Edutained. I think I'm, I'm positive I stole that from somebody online. <laughs> so I guess what Blair and Molly are here to tell you is to try and take the pressure off yourself. Don't feel like you need a big activity, a big summer activity, big headline activity every day because it's okay for kids to be bored sometimes. Yes, it is. Sometimes boredom is the foundation for creativity. Absolutely. And let them be creative. Let them come up with things for themselves. Let them sit and stew in the what do I do now? Because it will only serve them later for sure. I can't remember what it was that my son had the other day. It wasn't a cardboard box. It was like packing tape that had come off of a package that he had rolled into a very loosely contained ball Mm -hmm. and played with it for 15 minutes outside. And I was like, why do I buy Toys. Exactly. <laughs> yep. It's okay for him to be bored, even though sometimes it's hard to not fill that time when they're bored because, to put it frankly, I don't want to hear it. Like the whining and the, but mom, there's nothing to do. It's hard to fight against that and be like, figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially to feel that pressure yourself to figure it out because that energy is coming to you. It's like, goodness, I don't know what to do. Yeah, figure it out. You figure it out. There's plenty. You got a room full of stuff. Yeah. There's some packing tape. Go. (laughs) Go. Make it a ball and go. (laughs) Another tip we had was it is good to have a general schedule. Don't feel like you have to fill every minute, but it reminds me of 
Some people have a meal plan board and they do specific every week and that's great. I also heard about people who have a meal plan board and it's a little more general. So it'll be like Monday is pasta night. And then every week within that framework, Tuesday is taco night. Within that framework, they have the opportunity to make choices. And I do think that that's important for kids to be in on choices. For sure. Yes. It could be something like that. So give yourself room to make choices with your kid. Oh, it's Tuesday. Tuesday's water day. Should we play outside with the hose or should we go to the local pool? You know, that kind of thing. And then also just keeping your schedule, what keeps me like grounded in in summer and not to let it get too out of control is just keep like your daily, like if we were going to school schedule, like we're waking up at this time, we're having snack at this time, we're having lunch at this time, we're winding down at this time, we're having dinner at this, you know what I mean? Like just keep that your general like school year schedule going and that'll help you get through your days as well. I mean, you're going to have some days where it's just like crazy time. Crazy time. That's a good point, Blair, especially for those of us who still have to do nap times. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be hard. And as much as you can, sticking to that schedule will mean that your kids' lives will not be so thrown into a disarray. Like if you can go to the town pool to meet your friend between the two naps or whatever, that might be a good idea. That's a good point, Blair, to keep that framework. Yeah, because I'm like... I'm the worst at keeping a schedule. Ask Molly. Like, look at my calendar. It's just like full of just stuff. And I'm the worst. But knowing that when I wake up and we've had this routine going for the past umpteen months, just keeping that kind of loosely going during the summer really helps me. Will only help you. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that really helps, this is sort of a general rule for me, I don't always stick to it and I'm bummed when I don't, but I think it especially is helpful in the summer is to have a little whatever, packing cube, pouch, one part of your backpack. If you're someone who always has like you grab a backpack on your way out the door, whether or not you uh, live in a community where you need a car or you're walking or taking the subway or whatever. And it's sort of like your summer kit, right? So in the back of my car, I try really hard to have, this is my list, but You got to do what's right for you. So here's what works for me with a five-year-old. Always sunscreen. Always. An extra layer. Just throw that hoodie in there. Even if it's stained. (laughs) Even if it's stained. Especially the stained one because... Even if it's a little small. (laughs) Even if it's a 4T and your son is a solid five. (laughs) At least it'll cover the little arms and the little head. But yeah, try to keep up on the sizes because boy, do they grow. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Throw an extra sweatshirt layer. And especially if it's the kind of layer that's a waterproof layer that also gives warmth, that might not be a bad move either. An extra outfit, particularly if we are in the potty training phase or prior to the potty training phase. But even so, like one time we went to, we went on a hike with a friend of mine and her son and he was so excited he got right in the creek with his sneakers and she had to put her gloves on his feet. (laughs) (laughs) because she had to take off his sneakers and his socks because poor little buddy, the water was so cold. And she put her warm gloves on his feet and he looked like a duck. It was so cute. But then he was able to keep playing. But we didn't know that was going to happen. Like we had no idea that was going to happen. Also, that was like in the middle of winter. But anyway, (laughs) but yeah, if you can, if you have room for it, throw like an extra outfit in there. In the summer, it's easier because clothes are thinner and smaller. You don't have a lot of sleeves and double layer pants and stuff. Just like a light pair of shorts or pants and a light t-shirt. It's in undies, of course. It's always good to have in the car. Or a swimsuit. Yes. Swimsuit. Yes. Throw a swimsuit in there. Yes. Or like water soluble (laughs) clothes. 
Because that happens too. Like you'll just be somewhere and, you know, there'll be a, wa- a splash pad and you didn't bring anything. And you're what always happens right to the splash pad they go. Of course. So be prepared. Yeah. There's something in the back of your car or in your backpack. And then, of course, the usual wipes, snacks. There are a couple of bars or applesauce pouches that you know they'll eat. Throw them in there. Bug spray. A hat with a visor. If you have a infant and you want to make sure that you are always mobile, then you might want to throw one of those really lightweight baby carriers in there in case you want to go for a hike or somewhere you can't bring your stroller. Mm-hmm. They have those really thin nylon ones. Some of them, I think, even now are like packable. They're like you roll them up really small and they go into a little pocket. Yeah. you can, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or the wild bird ones you could just like roll up and toss in a bag. What is that? Like a sash carrier, whatever it's called? Yeah, it's a... Sling, ring sling. Oh, ring sling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ring sling. You just like roll that. I used to roll that up. Of course, there'd be a bunch of places actually, particularly like different pop-ups in the city. Mm-hmm. I would take both kids into, especially when my little one was like real little, like I could throw her in a ring sling and they have like the little like art installations and pop-ups around the city. Oh, yeah. But always never stroller friendly. So I was like, all right. So I pop her in my wild bird, pop that out of the stroller or in my diaper bag. Perfect. Put her in there and off we go. We go. It's great. It's great. They even have, well, I had one. It was like a ring sling, but it didn't have a ring. It just was like a loop and it was for swimming. Oh. It was like a swimming baby carrier and it was so small and strong. It was almost like ripstop nylon. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then you put it on and put your baby in it. I can't remember if you like twisted the front to have the baby be closer to you or something. It was so great. That's awesome. I'm going to try and find the name of that before the end of the Yeah, we'll link it up. We'll link it up. We'll link it up. Uh, up. Also, you might want to throw, I always like to have a old twin sheet in the back. Mm. Not only because you can always wrap it around your kid's shoulders if you're at an outdoor movie in the park and they start to get chilly. It also dries them in a pinch. Like Blair was talking about the splash pad. You just want a little something to dry them off with. And of course, it's perfect for impromptu picnics. Of course. And you know what else? How many Aiden and Anise muslin swaddler things did you get? Perforce birth. Probably, I probably had six. Mm-hmm. I love them so much. I had some Aiden and Anais, and I had some that were, what's the Target brand? Yeah. I can't remember. Cat, Cat and Jack, something like that. Let me tell you something. Me and Blair love gauze. We love gauze. <laughs> we love a gauze. And when my kid had grown out of those Muslim swaddles, I used a couple of scarves and I just made sure there were no poop stains on it. There it is. But yeah, that's great. But they're perfect for, again, my kid's got this thing with a splash pad. They're perfect for splash pad cleanups and you're not carrying around bulky towels. Oh, yeah. You can practically line your backpack with a muslin or gauze swaddle and then you just have it. So do not fret when you're unpacking from your baby shower and you're like, what am I going to do with all these muslin swaddlers? (laughs) Fear not. Five years later, you will still need them. Still be using them. Yep. And you will be like, mm-hmm. Thank you, Molly and Blair, for that hot tip. Hot tips. When we get back, we're going to go through some of our favorite fun activities for summer. We hope you get some inspiration from them. And maybe you, too, like us, can say, yeah, I can do a couple of those every week. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Stick around. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork. 
a revolutionary baby monitor is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you've fallen into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Welcome back. To Tyler Purgatory, where we are talking about all things summer, summer, summertime, summertime. <laughs> Look, if you don't like hosts who sing, you came to the wrong place. Exit stage left, but don't, because we got some good stuff today. We got some good hot tips. These are from a Parents Magazine article, 24 cheap summer activities for kids. But, you know, they're really just for everybody. I say cheap, but you know us. We love a deep discount here at Toddler Purgatory. <laughs> Cheap or free. Cheap or free. <laughs> if it's free, I'll take three. <laughs> but the thing I liked about it was that it, the focus wasn't on just budget activities. They're just on activities. And I think that's what we can focus on because, of course, you can go to Hershey Park. Of course, you can go to your local bounce house when it's raining, you know, that kind of thing. So use those as well. But here are some ideas just for like your everyday summer activities, right? And of course... As always, 365 days a year, but especially now during the nice months, we want to get outside. Get them outside. Get them that vitamin D and get them that fresh air. Because guess what? Both of them tire them out. <laughs> yep. That's really the bottom line. Thanks for listening. That's it. You're welcome. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so in this article, one thing that stood out to me, I don't know why I loved this so much because I felt like it was a twofer. They are getting creative and doing art making, and they're also being outside and having fun. And it has a performance aspect, which as an actor really sings to me, sings to my heart. <sighs> and this is so cute. It's a bike parade. If you are somebody, so great. And also I'd like to point out, don't be uh, beholden to it being a bike parade. You know, if you live in Brooklyn, it can be a scooter parade. It can be a trike parade. It can be whatever you want. A bike parade where they each take the time to, with stickers and tape and glue and real flowers, fake flowers, tissue paper, wrapping paper, decorate their bikes. Oh, you could even do that thing where they put the playing cards in the spokes so that when the wheels go around. I mean, that's classic. That's a classic. Oh, yeah. So it incorporates creativity, incorporates art making. It gets them outside. And it also engages your neighbors because people are going to love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now Blair lives outside of New York City. I live in a more, I wouldn't say rural. I live in like a college town. So a bike parade for me sounds very reasonable, except for that, the, you know, we have a couple kids on our block. So it'd be a short parade. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's my point. It'll be a short parade. For you, Blair, how do you think a bike parade would work in a more city environment? I think that we'd have to take it to the park. 
We'd have to do like on the sidewalks. We have like a huge park actually right outside my building. Try not to look out the window. So maybe we do like go around the park. Yeah. I don't think that because sometimes I think we might have to get the cops involved if we were to do like a, a bike parade just to help us navigate traffic and whatnot because we would definitely get some honkers. Get out of my kids! No one cares about your dumb bikes. All right. I'll do a little addendum. I think a bike parade is more like a block long and on the sidewalk. Oh, okay. I'm thinking like straight up parade. You're thinking about like getting a permit and stuff. I'm like Macy's Day. <laughs> Think local, think small, think one block long. It's black or white for me, Molly. Black or white. (laughs) Do what works for you in your neighborhood. Get a permit if you have to. And then this leads into the next thing. And again, these are opportunities to get outside. This really speaks to me. Do the stuff you normally do, but make it special by doing it outside. Like that literally, that's the hot tip. Exactly. Exactly. You like going camping and you have a small yard and it's safe? Pitch your tent in the backyard, sleep under the stars with your kids. Mm -hmm. It is something they will always remember. You know what I did last summer that I'm going to reinstate this summer is that we have, this is something you could also do is uh, use your friends who actually do have houses and small yards. Do it. We have a friend who has a really beautiful backyard and I bought a projector, just a cheapy little (gasps) projector. Yes. They're so affordable now. Right? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get this projector. I'm going to Tom and Pam that we're coming over and we're going to do a movie in their backyard one night. I think that that would be so fun. And my kids, first of all, love Uncle Tom and Aunt Pam. But to like sit outside and watch a movie projected onto their like shed. I mean. (laughs) And eat some popcorn, drink some lemonade. They will just lose their minds. You know. And those projectors are so affordable right now. It's crazy. Go on Facebook Marketplace. And they're good. They're like, you can like Bluetooth parent, you know, it's all technology stuff. Or even if your kid, I think you could even like game and stuff. So I think you can like, so if your kid is a kid that likes to play games indoors and it's an issue or you have a hard time getting them out, get a projector. Get that kid outside. That's a fun idea. Let them game on the outside. Get that vitamin D. Get that fresh air. That's really fun. So they can pass out. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Totally. Yeah, get them outside to do stuff they normally do inside. Camp in the yard, set up a projector. I love that. You can make or plan a yard or a park picnic. Oh, yeah. Y'all, that could take your whole morning. Like, okay, what blanket are we going to use? Mm-hmm. Okay, what? Let's, you get the bread, a sidebar. Make, make snacks together. Make the whole meal together. Make the whole meal together. That's a morning. And then you can just like keep it casual. You don't have to get stressed about time. And then you're out there for lunch or shortly after lunchtime. Get a basket out. You know, it can even be an old Easter basket. It doesn't have to be a perfect park picnic basket. Just like use what you have. Mm-hmm. And the kids will love it because they don't give a flying fart what their picnic is packed and they just want to pack it. They want the activity. And maybe you have, you know, fun cloth napkins or you use washcloths or whatever, like do whatever you want. But that's a great activity because the planning part is just as fun as the picnic. I did that with when my little one was like newbie noobs. Yep. And she just napped outside. And then my oldest one, he passed out. We did a picnic once where he passed out and she passed out. And I just sat there in silence <laughs> in the sunshine and in that fresh air. It's good for everybody. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful moment. And one last thing you can do outside is, you know how kids love sidewalk chalk? And by kids, I mean me and my husband. <laughs> so fun. Raising my hand. Make planet say, hey, Friday, we're going to do a sidewalk chalk art show. If your kids are into it, they can make programs for it. 
for passersby. You can give each kid a square of the sidewalk to create their art. They can get dressed up. I mean, really, you don't have to go crazy with this, but like you can make these activities outside as big as you want them to be. And as fun as you want them to be, for sure. And as fun as you want them to be. Yeah. And as much attention span as your kid has. Mm -hmm. So then there's that. But it might be fun if you have a different range of ages of kids to have the two-year-old be working on one square and the eight-year-old can be making the programs and... Anything like that. It's like an everyday activity. Sidewalk chalk is a very common thing, but it's up to you. You can have the opportunity to make it be a little more special. There's also the suggestion of once a week family friendly outdoor competitions, you know, like kickball, softball. I was thinking like a drag competition. Dress up. A dress up show. Why not? And then you get to vote. Oh, my gosh. That'd be really funny, too, because you could take like pencils or pens and put cardstock and make numbers so that your kids can hold up like a 10 or a nine and like grade you and your partner or your friends on dress up. Oh, that's and then vice versa. Yeah. Any kind of friendly competition. Maybe it's a Friday night thing. Friday night for me, though. Let me tell you something. I am out of energy. I am competitioned out because I've been competing with myself all week long. Yeah, maybe not Friday. Maybe like a Tuesday. Yeah. Maybe a Tuesday. Tuesday competition night. It can be once a week. Tuesday drag night. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Do it. Have fun. And the big thing about this, too, is kind of, you know, love where you live, right? So, like, if you have a yard, use that yard. If you have a climbing tree, use that climbing tree. Mm -hmm. I did see, have you ever seen those things where people crochet or even just simply wrap with yarn? Yeah. Trees and telephone poles and stuff in their neighborhood? Yeah. And they cover park benches and stuff. It's so incredible. Yeah. If your kid is crafty or you even just have a bunch of yarn you get at a yard sale. My next door neighbor said, she's like, I bought all this yarn when I thought I was going to be somebody who crochets, but this just in, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) So she can like, you can donate to a hospital where they make, you know, blankets for newborn babies or hats or whatever. Also, you can donate it sometimes um, like animal shelters can use stuff like that if they have a yard sale to raise money. But also, if you have a local kid in your neighborhood, they might just want to do something fun. Like if you have a, you know, we have like this weird, ugly pole in our backyard Mm -hmm. that just is there and we haven't had time to have it removed yet. But it would be so fun for my son to like take string and wrap the whole pole. Just wrap it. And then tie it to another colored piece of string and keep wrapping it until it gets to the top. And that gives me 10 minutes. More than that. That could be a whole day. It could. I'll make it a whole day. Go to work. (laughs) And that idea of loving where you live is also a great thing to remember. Put this little bug in your ear right now. Use your local resources. Yes. Parks, parks, parks. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. There are always stuff going on. Friday and Saturday, they might do outdoor movie in the park. Mm-hmm. Free concerts. We constantly have local bands playing in all the different parks in my neighborhood. Go to every one because <laughs> it gives you somewhere to go. Go to all of them. And your kid will love it. They're outside. They're listening to music. They might even see friends there. We usually, you know, run into people we know. It's very social. It's outside. So it feels safe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as much as you can, use your local resources. Jump on those websites right now. So you can save them in your favorites and then it's easy, you know, once a week Sunday, click on it and see what's going on for the upcoming week. Get it on your calendar. When we first moved uh, to our apartment, like I said, we have this beautiful, humongous park right outside. And we always knew it would just be great because we have the kids, right? And then the summertime came and it was like most of the weekends, but it was like every weekend there was something. And I remember... This is when we first moved here and I was changing my little one's diaper and I looked outside and they were setting up the biggest antique flea market. 
And I went outside and it was like everything was in technicolor. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And they had stuff for the kids. They had popcorn and pretzels and lemonade and face painting. It was one of those moments where I was really just like so grateful for where I lived. And it was like, okay, yep, this is it. And then since then, during the summer, every weekend, at least once a week, there's a farmer's market. It's the best. It's great. And yes, take advantage. And you meet people that way too, which is so great. Yes. And a lot of these... I could go on and on about how much I love my park, but a lot of these farmers markets were local people and some of them have opened up brick and mortar shops. <gasps> nice. So now we have like the fish guy outside open a local store. So we just go in there and just, you know, chat it up, shoot the breeze, yep. get our fish. It's great. It's wonderful. And I love it. You know, it's community. It's amazing. Yeah. Sometimes I think that's great. It's all about finding the reasons to love where you live. Mm -hmm. So like, you have these great opportunities to have experiences with these local vendors. And then when they open shops, this is a dumb thing to say, but it's like you're weaving the fabric of your community. Like, it's not dumb. It makes a lot of sense. You know what? I love it. Sign me up for every local event. Just sign me up. Wherever you live, and love where you are. It's important, too, because it's really great for the kids as well. You know, because like I said, we walked into the fish shop the other day and we just sat there and they were giving the kids like he had just smoked some tile fish which was delicious by the way oh my gosh that sounds great and he was just like giving the kids some to try and it's because of the fact that we've forged this relationship from them just being in our park love it come on we'll be right back hey there i'm debbie reber the founder of tilt parenting and the author of the book differently wired the mission of tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> Well, you're, Amy, more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Welcome back, everybody, to Toddler Purgatory, where we're talking about what are we going to do this summer with our children? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? So much, actually. <laughs> so much or nothing at all. Or nothing at all. We're just going to watch two. Turning Red for the 589th time. Which I'm fine with. Yeah, I liked it. So listen, but you are talking about something that is generally done inside unless you project it onto your shed, which is one of our plans for this summer. Get those kids outside. <laughs> but sometimes you can't go outside, and here's why. Too rainy, although, who was it who said, there is no bad weather, only inappropriate clothing choices, which I loved. Yep. But sometimes you just need a break. And for m- me and my family, because we are prone to sunburns in a very big way and also heat exhaustion and stuff, mm. when I generally tend to stay in the shade or inside between like 10 and 1 or 11 and 2, like right in there. Sometimes I'm on the beach and I'm under the umbrella and fully clothed and not embarrassing my friends at all for the past 25 years on our girls weekend. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Listen, your skin looks good and your skin thanks you. There it is. But sometimes you got to keep it inside. So our biggest thing about inside activities is that a little planning goes a long way for those times. Mm -hmm. So there are some times when you're just going to be inside. It just is what it is. So the first thing is plan to get outside early in the day or later in the day. If it's later in the day, get that bug spray going. Because that middle of the day, depending on where you live, can be quite hot and not great to be outside. So here you are inside. A little bit of planning just means that you have the ingredients to do the stuff to fill those days that you have to spend inside when the heat index is really high. Again, you don't have to constantly be entertaining your kids. They can have scheduled free time. They can have just loose time to be bored and figure it out and kick around a ball of uh, packing tape. (laughs) But also, there are some things in my closet that are helpful. Food coloring. Mm. Cornstarch. Yes. White vinegar. (laughs) Contact solution. Like all this stuff. Shaving cream. Shaving cream. Boom. Love it. Glue. Like school glue. Because every once in a while, you're going to want to make that classic slime recipe. You're going to want to make that classic oobleck recipe because it's fun. It gives them something to do. Was it Megan Fitzgerald, our outside expert on our outside episode, who mentioned bringing the outside in? And I love that idea. And Blair did not like that idea, but I did. (laughs) It was mostly about the snow, right? Because she was like talking about bringing like snowballs in in a bin and you go get buckets snow and bring it into your house. I was like, and Blair's like, hard pass. Do you know what the animals do to the snow outside of my building? Oh, yeah. Okay. Not that, yeah. <laughs> good call. Good call. But I think that's a great idea. Maybe you do have some sensory bins or some outside sensory bins. One thing I really love, my son loves, is painting rocks. Oh, and yeah. The best. So on those nice days or in the morning when it's nice and you get out there early before the heat index goes up, collect some cool, fun, nice rocks or whatever. Then you have an activity. So you go inside because it's getting too hot. Not cool. Go inside. Give them a good rinse. Dry them off. And then set up a painting station for rocks. Not only does it give them something to do. Also, maybe it can be a couple Christmas gifts or holiday gifts for your relatives. Who wants a painted rock? (laughs) Everybody's getting paid a rock. Yes. Everybody's getting, you get a rock and you get a rock. So it gives you something to do during those hot or bad weather times. Another little thing to kind of plan for is, this is from Busy Toddler, I think. Is it from Busy Toddler? I can't remember. One of the cool resources. Probably. She's got everything. She knows everything. Is have an ice block already like in your freezer or it doesn't have to be a huge ice block like an igloo or whatever, but smaller like an ice brick and hide, put Legos in there mm-hmm. and then they have to excavate it. Mm-hmm. So when you're inside, get one of those big plastic bins or buckets, 
put that block of ice filled with their favorite toy, my son's favorite toy by far is Legos, Mm -hmm. and they have to get it out somehow. So they have, maybe they have little, you know, not dangerous, obviously, if they're little, little, don't do this, but if they're old enough (laughs) to like be able to handle like a little wooden chisel or a spoon or whatever, you know, like have them be able to work on that and it keeps them cool. Because it's icy. Yeah. Put a stick them in the tub and do it. Give them a couple popsicles while you're at that. She does that. Put a uh, popsicle tub. Popsicle bath. You know, we just did that the other day because Busy Toddler told us to. She knows everything. She knows everything. Shout out to Susie. (laughs) Also, all of the stuff that, again, this is sort of on the bargain side of things, which is good for everybody. Don't forget to save those toilet paper tubes, toilet paper rolls, and paper towel rolls, the inside. Yes. Because then you can do a little marble run. On the wall with some painter's tape so it doesn't take your paint off. Mm-hmm. And or we use pom-poms when mm-hmm. my son was littler because marbles, I just was nervous that he was going to throw them or eat them or whatever. <laughs> so we use little pom-poms and it was super fun. And we put a little, we lined up brown paper bags along the bottom and to see which one it would go in. It was so fun. It was so fun. Well, that's fun. Yeah. And it was all just, you know, stuff from recycling, essentially. Something you can also take advantage of for indoor activities is uh, sometimes uh, local libraries have story time. Oh, yeah. We've been a couple times. We love it. And sometimes they have like themes. So I think it was like, I can't remember which book it was, but it was like you could dress up like it and they had like little snacks. Yes. It was great. My kids loved it. Visiting your local children's museum. We've been to all of them. Oh, thank goodness. In a 50 mile radius. (laughs) We have been... (laughs) And they're great. And they're like, especially if there's, you know, things that they could like touch or we're right next to the um, Jersey City Children's Museum, which is amazing. Liberty Science Center. Oh, yes. Liberty Science Center. Right. And it is fantastic. They're always changing things up. And especially during the summer, they're all I think it's like weekly. They have different activities and whatnot and different things for the kids to do. So look it up. Do it up. You can also, something that my husband actually, listen, if there's a fire station within a 20 mile radius, we've been. (laughs) Take a tour of a fire station. Go to your local fire station factory. Some random fun place that will be awe inspiring to your child. Call ahead. Or like sometimes what we do is we'll be like having brunch somewhere and my husband will like run to the fire station and be like, uh, can my kids come and uh, check it out? They're like, yeah. That's a great idea. Sure. I love that. Yeah. Just come on by. So do it up. It's always at the top of my list. And it's also, you know, again, being where you are, loving where you live, taking advantage of what's local and around you and that it's always there for you. Yeah. When you do run out of ideas. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you for these community places. Yeah. And it also feels great to support them. Like having a car to your local library, having a membership. We're members of our local children's museum and we're so grateful for it. And they do have special member things. Sometimes you get early admission to things or reduced rate. But ultimately, we're just supporting something in our community that benefits everybody in the community. And I think that's really important, too. And that feels good. Absolutely. That feels really, really good. So that's, you know, I think my biggest takeaway from this is like, you don't have to go far. It it doesn't, don't feel like you have to plan a trip to Legoland, although 
plan a trip to Legoland because that place looks rad. But don't feel like you have to do a big thing like that every week just to keep your kids entertained. Mm-hmm. You will help their creativity blossom by letting them be bored sometimes. And then you have these things in your back pocket for if the weather's not nice, if you've just hit a wall, you know, whatever, if you're just exhausted, where you get to go and support these local community places. Maybe summer can be your opportunity to really just appreciate and take advantage of all the things that your community has to offer. For sure. And I was even thinking like this summer, we have a couple of pretty big trips planned, but these are the things that I can do in between low pressure for when I do have that high pressure, those two big trips, high pressure that will be coming up. They're always at your disposal. That's the thing. It's kind of like limitless fun if you're open to it. Yes. And also you're going to have those down days where you're like, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. Nope. And then just do what you can. Get them outside. Give them a ball of packing tape. Do whatever you got to do to get through that day. You're going to be just fine. Because tomorrow maybe you'll wake up and be like, oh my gosh, there's actually a cool breeze today. I can handle this. Let's go do something different. And listen, it's also okay to just like chill and have movie day all day. Yeah. Even if it's nice outside, it's okay. Yeah. Every once in a while, do it. Yeah. Because also, we got to stay sane, y'all. Got to stay sane. We got to keep you sane. We want you to have fun, but we want you to stay sane. I would say, I mentioned earlier in the episode about how we kind of knew our summer plans by March. We have two trips as well, and then we have some summer camps. There's a great cooking camp that my son does in Rhode Island. Yeah, it's just in the morning, so it's like 9.30 to 12.30. And this year, (laughs) his theme, the week that he can do it is cupcakes. So every day we're going to get cupcakes. Get that Early morning sugar rush. Thank you, cooking camp of Rhode Island. (laughs) (laughs) So little things like that. I also kind of want to take the pressure off of you to schedule those things or not. Like, that's the thing, too, is that my son is so active that this year was the first year we were really like, okay, we need to like plan ahead. We also have quite a few weeks in the summer where we have nothing planned, where he's not going to day camp. He's We're not traveling. I think we're just going to hang out and he can ride his bike down our hilly backyard as much as he wants. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to like, you know, stir the compost. I mean, there's nothing more fun than stirring compost. (laughs) It's the first thing I thought of about what I could do outside while he was bike riding down the hill. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm stirring your martini. Oh, no. Compost. (laughs) Duh, duh, duh. First compost, then wash (laughs) hands, then stir martini. There we go. But yeah, there's going to be days where like, we're going to do nothing and he might complain. And I'm like, okay with that. Because some of my favorite memories of summer are just me and my sister kicking around. You know, we had like a shed, garage type shed um, in the backyard. And we like created a little whole village out back there. Mm -hmm. We made a path, but we didn't make a path. They were just like pine needles or leaves. I can't remember what it was that was along the ground. And all we did was just use our feet to make paths. And then the little groves between the trees became the different rooms of the house or the buildings of the village. We had so much fun and we had nothing. Like, that's okay. It's okay okay. to have those kinds of days. It's not just okay. It's amazing. So It is. And it's also, you know, the what I have to keep in mind too. I was actually having a conversation with a mom on the playground the other day. Yep. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I went to the playground for two hours. (gasps) Two hours? Who are you? I don't know. But you know what got me off the playground? A kid fell and started screaming and I was like, gotta go! Gotta go! We're leaving! We're leaving! We're leaving the playground! (laughs) Why did it stress you out? It stressed me out. As soon as he got hurt, I was like, nope, mm-hmm, nope, I can't. But for two hours, I was on the playground. Anyway, that's just a side note. For those of you who haven't been here before, this is your first time joining us, just know I have a thing with playgrounds. I don't like them. I don't do them. I st- steer clear from them. 
But we had some friends in town and that's where we ended up. It's okay. I did it. I did it. I did it. But I was saying to this other mom that we were talking about summer camps and I was saying, you know, it's so funny how we're just like trying to fill the summer, fill the summer. But what we should be doing is filling the summer with time with our kid as well. Mm. And time with our kids, you know, with the fact that we have work and all of the things. But let's also remember that it is literally a season. It is so very short. And as they get older, they'll be able to fill their own social calendars. Yeah. And we won't see them as much. And we won't be able to spend this kind of quality time with them. So just keep that in mind, too, that the summers are actually a gift for us to connect and be with them. So we don't have those moments of like, oh, my baby. You'll have that anyway, but. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for that reminder. Summers are a gift. They are. They can feel like a burden sometimes, and that's fine. That's Mm -hmm. totally fine to feel that way. I know they do for me sometimes, but it is good to plant in the back of your mind. Aren't we lucky that we have this time with them? For sure couple of good resources. We already talked about BusyToddler.com. There's that article on parents. There's a million articles and a million books about summer activities. So, so go crazy. Many. Don't feel overwhelmed by them, though, because I also for sure was like, oh, my God, am I not doing enough? Because I didn't, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever. And I'm like, nope, not going to do it because I didn't build a maypole in my backyard. <laughs> try not to feel overwhelmed. Choose a couple of things that sound cool to you and not like a torture and try and incorporate them. Incorporate good time with your kids. Great point, Blair. Another great resource is craftykidsathome.com. Has some really fun crafts, easy to set up, easy to plan for crafts that when you're stuck inside or just need a break from the outside too, Mm -hmm. that might be a good resource for you as well. And have a great time this summer. We'll be there right there with you. And if you have any suggestions too of anything that we didn't mention or things that you like to do, throw it up on that uh, What Fresh Hell Facebook page. And uh, give us your ideas. Yes, we love them. We love them. You're the experts in our life, so we are going to steal all those ideas. We're going to take them. <laughs> We're going to take them. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. And if you had a good time with us here on Toddler Purgatory today, we'd love it if you would drop us a little rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts and get outside this summer and spend time with your kids. And we'll be right there with you. See you next time. Take it easy. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence 
whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.